Hello, hello, and welcome to the Here to Uplift podcast, where we center the stories of impactful changemakers, entrepreneurs, and community leaders who have done the hard work of uplifting themselves through adversity to get where they are today, and now uplift others along the way in their journeys. I'm Lolo Fisher, your host, lover of all things wellness, healing, and empowerment, and I would greatly appreciate if you show us your support by liking, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with others. Let's get into it. Welcome back, y'all, to the Here to Uplift podcast. I am with my special guest, Nicole Fuller, and we're actually in her luxury apartment complex in this beautiful space. Um, I love rooftops, so I'm already happy. I know y'all can't see the rooftop, but we have a beautiful view from where we're talking, <laughs> so this is going to be a good one. Um, Nicole, I would love for you to introduce yourself and just tell folks like what you do. Okay, so my name is Nicole Fuller. Um, I am a personal injury attorney. I just recently opened up my own law firm, the law office of Nicole N. Fuller, and I am located in downtown Oakland. Perfect. So we actually met at the HVN event. It was our first time, right? Yes. Okay, and yes. now we've seen each other multiple HVN right, events. Right. and. Of course, um, lots of work happening in the process, but at the time, you had just told me, like, I'm going out on my own, I'm doing my own thing, starting my own law firm. I, when, when did that start and why? So that actually started January 25th. 2023. Specific. <laughs> exactly. I specifically know that day because that's also the same day that I no longer have my job at um, a bigger law firm. So mm. that day I kind of decided like, you know, I don't think that I want to go back to another firm yeah. or work for anybody else. I want to try to do it for me. So at that point, I kind of just was like, look, I think I'm going to just you know, bet on myself. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's only been months. So how mm -hmm. has this like initial part of the journey been going for you? So it's actually been going really, really good. You know, I do like being my own boss. Mm -hmm. uh, of course it has challenges because, you know, as an attorney, you're kind of thinking only on the attorney level, like, but starting my own firm, I have to think of like the business level too. Yeah. So that was something that I didn't think of. I'm like, I'm everything to my firm. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, yep. I'm like the accountant, the IT, everything like that, that you don't really consider. So yep. it's coming along though. It's, it's going a lot Definitely. better than I thought. I feel like that's the first year of being an entrepreneur in general. You have to learn, what, what's the phrase? How to work, not in your business, but on your business, yes. right? And mm -hmm. so many folks miss that and I think like, fail just from overwhelm or burnout in that first year because they're trying to do both. Right. I'm trying to create my business, work on it and work in it and it's exhausting. Right. That was actually not a phrase that I learned until maybe like two weeks ago. Really? So, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. I hired a coach. Okay. Um, he's a personal injury attorney. He's been helping me so far. He's had his own firm for like 11 years now. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to show you how to work on your business and in your business. I was like, what? What is that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So there are separate things. So yeah. Yeah. Which actually aligns with something we were talking about today like at lunch because we were talking about how you know what this can be across any field but in law at least like when you're working for these big firms it's like almost an expectation in a culture that you are burning yourself out for the company like right. you're just constantly working late nights late hours and like this is what we need to get billable hours da 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 mm -hmm. but if that's not the lifestyle you want like right. it seems like your options are limited but you've kind of defied that and been like no that's not the case it, exactly so as you said like working in those big yeah. law firms they're gonna work you to death they want those literally. hours literally right <laughs> literally. and they don't care they're like they will call you every hour of the day the weekends they don't they don't care they don't 
care about you having a family or a social yeah. life or even just yeah. taking a break, even though they'll tell you that during the interview. We want a nice work-life balance, mm -hmm. but that is not the truth. So, yeah, I'm like, for me, I believe that you do need that balance. And, it's a, of course, it's important to have a job, but then you still need to take care of yourself, too, at the same right. time. So me having my own firm is allowing me to create that balance. I know I just started, mm -hmm. but, you know, at points where I might get overwhelmed with learning new things, I can sit and take a break. As opposed yeah. to when I was, like, at the firm, it's like, you don't have a time to take a break. You yeah. have to just keep going, going, going. So, right. yeah. I feel like that comes from a place of wisdom, though. So I'm, like, kind of curious. Did you have to burn out first to come to that conclusion that you don't want to live that lifestyle? Or was it just <laughs> seeing other people deal with it? No, it what came from it? myself. I, 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 <laughs> You're like, I always right, bet right. right? I'm, I'm a firm believer. I don't think I was put on this earth to work. So if I have to work, I might as well be doing something I like and then enjoying my life, you yeah. know? Yeah, um, yeah. Even before I went to law school, like when I was working in my corporate America, I would get off the bar and I'm walking and I'm like, these people look so miserable. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to live my life being miserable, you know? So right. for me, it's really important for me to be happy in whatever it is that I do. Yes. And I really do love the law. So I'm mm -hmm. happy with what I'm doing. Yay. Okay. Tell me why. Why do you love um, the law? <laughs> so I love the law, number one, because I love to learn. Okay. Um, but specifically, I love to help people. Mm. So I went to law school to be a public defender. So okay. that was pretty much my path. Even before yeah. I went to law school, I was like working at their offices and doing that type of stuff. You know, because obviously a lot of people know that black and brown people are affected by the system yes. way differently. And then when you go to the courts, you have people who do not look like you, mm -hmm. representing you on the other side against you, um, defending you, those type of things, the judge, yeah. like there's really nobody else in that courtroom that looks like you. Right. You know, so I wanted to put myself in that space and looking just like them too. Like you see, yeah. I have my, my nails, I wear my braids. I am, you know, a true <laughs> authentic myself showing up because I feel like being a representative of what I look like, yeah. you know, it can take the, t the stereotype off of a lot of things too. I you bet. Know? I mean, even when, like for me, like having this first baby, I was nervous as heck about having the right OB. And mm -hmm. like, we know about, you know, black maternal health right. not being so hot, especially in the US in general, but in California, like how many black women's stories are not listened to, not cared for, right? right? And I was truly concerned, like it made me anxious. So when I randomly got assigned an OB and she was a black woman who is brilliant and just mm -hmm. gets it, I was like, Thank you, God. Thank right. you so much. Like, it made me so happy. So I can only imagine, too, like, if I'm going through legal trouble to see someone like me, mm -hmm. takes off so much of that, like, stress and concern and worry. Because it's like, not only am I fighting this case, but sometimes I'm also fighting whoever's representing me, like, whatever exactly. bias might come. And, like, to take that away is just, like... Now I can just fight the real issue. Right. Yeah. And you and I have seen that sense of relief on people's faces. Like they just instantly like um, believe that I'm going to be there to help them. Mm -hmm. Like even when I was an intern, I was an intern and I was shadowing somebody <laughs> and um, it was this this black guy and he um, came in there for like mm -hmm. a consultation for his case. This is a criminal case. And so um, when I was leaving, I happened to see that same guy outside and he was like, um, 
well, do you know about this guy? Like, is he going to have my back? I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? I really don't know him like that, but I know a lot of the people in the office do good work. But for him to feel comfortable, to ask not you. even knowing me, to come <laughs> to me, you know, and be right. like, okay, I know you will probably have my back, so let me know what's, you know, right. what's going on. And that's kind of how I feel with, with everything, like, right now. Yeah. Like, even though I switched from criminal to um, personal injury, mm -hmm. I still look at all my clients as family. I'm going to tell you, you know, the real things, you know, not sugarcoating anything. I'm always there to help with any questions, mm -hmm. even if it's not related to what we're working on. Right, you know? right. Did you have, I want to say black women, but really any black lawyers that you watched and aspired to be like when you were going through your training in school and such? Um, I will say that at one point, when I was working in Contra Costa Public Defender's Office, I did have a mentor there. Mm -hmm. And having somebody who looks like you and wants to help you can elevate you. When I mm -hmm. tell you that she came and got me from, we had like a little bullpen where all the interns were. She came mm -hmm. and got me from that bullpen <laughs> and was like, I'm taking you everywhere. You want to work Good. on this, you want to do this, you want to wow. do that. She was taking me to the jails, had me doing hearings, everything like that. So that's powerful. Yeah, it, it really was, you know, and she, I will still talk to her to this day, you know, just Good. having that support of somebody who looks like you. So. Yeah. Okay. What are like two or three things that she taught you or that you learned from her? being mentored by her that you would like pass on to other black lawyers um or really anybody <laughs> for <right>. that matter <laughs> um she kind of taught me to like you know be brave when it comes to last minute things yeah. she would give me stuff at the last minute like you could do it you know have confidence you could do it and I was, you know, she gave me something to do, like a hearing or something. And I knew nothing about the case. I had to write all this stuff. The hearing was like two days away, I'd never done it before. And she was like, you got it, you know? So, and then having her um, tell me about my writing. So, mm -hmm. um, and in a kind, but like, what is this kind mm -hmm. of way? <laughs> like, you know, passing on those lessons of like, okay, you're not gonna always be perfect. Yeah but I'm here to help you, you know, and this right. is what you need to fix. So those kind of things being gentle in teaching because even though, you know, me being an attorney on that side, mm -hmm. like they still don't, you know, respect you in all aspects. Yeah. So yeah. It's difficult. Maybe opinion too, but I feel like you look really young too. So I'm sure yes. that's like hard for people to, yes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying hard. It shouldn't be hard for people to take you seriously, but I know naturally, just the way our systems work, people will probably give you a hard time for that. Yes, people think that I'm a lot younger than I am. I am still young, but <laughs> <laughs> right. But they do. They they've always thought that people are like you have such a baby face. So like when I started my firm and I was yeah. telling people, oh, I have my own law firm. They're like, you don't even look like you're old enough to be a lawyer. <laughs> I'm like, I am. You like know? I've been doing the work, all right. right. <laughs> so you kind of have to like reassure them, you know. So some people kind of still have their doubts, but yeah. when they ask questions yeah. and I'm able to answer them without him and hawing, you know, that kind of stuff to right. let them know I have experience, I understand what you're talking about, mm -hmm. then it kind of gives them a little bit more confidence. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. So I'm curious, did you do other work before getting into law or has it always been like social justice, law? So my undergrad major was criminal justice. I always okay. wanted to be an attorney, um, but when, after graduating from undergrad, it didn't go as, you know, necessarily planned. Right. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time in like doing retail. I worked at Comcast. I worked at Wells Fargo. And then I was like, no, I can't this do this anymore. This is not what I want to do. This is not what my degree was in. Let me just, you know, keep going. Yeah. But what I will say, though, 
is working in customer service helped me a lot to mm. deal with different people and their personalities Ooh, and bet. all that and have a lot of patience. Especially if you said Comcast. <laughs> Comcast has heard it from me. <laughs> no, seriously, people are more uh, mad at Comcast than they are at their banks. I'm like, I got yelled at more at Comcast, but you can hang up on people, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't really do that as a lawyer, like, in No, you, sense, you right? can't. You cannot do that, you know. They know who you are. They know where to find mm -hmm. you, so it's a little different than working in a call center. But, yeah. you know, I have a lot more patience now, and I understand people's frustration, especially, yeah. like, I mean, you know, I was on the defense side earlier uh, with criminal. So it's like, I understand, you know, why you might have your frustrations. And as we were speaking about earlier, why it's important to like educate your clients and things like that, yeah. especially in like criminal cases, like they want to know what's going on. This is affecting their life. Right. And a lot of the times people are like, oh, you know, maybe you won't have to do any jail time. It's not even only about that, because if you have this on your record, somebody pulls that and sees that maybe you only did community service, yeah. but maybe you can't get that job anymore. Right. You know? It affects so, other life choices and decisions. Exactly. Yeah. And people don't think think about that they're like oh well you know I don't have to do any jail time or they didn't do any jail time but it's like it's not always about that mm. it's like the bigger picture not just this moment this is gonna last a lifetime right right that makes sense do you have like a most memorable client story that like maybe stemmed from this piece of like lack of education versus like I had to get them out of this situation <laughs> so I don't have like a lack of education story but I will share um, a client that I had. So I used to, when I was in law school, we went to um, Jackson, Mississippi, okay. and we were working on uh, capital cases. So people mm. who were, you know, facing the death yeah. penalty. So there was one case that I was working on. It hadn't been a trial or anything yet. This was just the start of the case. It's a pretty big one. And so I actually heard about this case first on the news, mm. right? So you know, you already kind of have your, <laughs> you know, perception that exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And then when I met the person, he's very young. And just talking to him, I was just like, oh, okay. You know what one, you know, the media will paint you one way, but this is a different person here. Yeah. And he was young. I believe he was like maybe 19, oh, 19, 20. Super yes, exactly. Young. Very, very young. Oh my gosh. Facing the death penalty, right? So I asked him, I was like, well, what is it that you guys have to do out here? It's Jackson, Mississippi. He's mm -hmm. like, there's nothing to do here nothing to do I'm like okay so that's why people get in trouble you mm -hmm. know and so from that it made me want to be like okay well maybe there's people in the bay that are like that they don't really have much to do and that's why they keep getting yeah. in trouble so what do they say idle hands or devil's work or something exactly like that? yeah right because yeah especially jackson mississippi i don't know if you've ever been <laughs> but there's nothing to do eat eat okay <laughs> so <laughs> when i came back it actually motivated me to start a um a mentoring program oh, okay yeah okay. so my second year of law school i started a youth mentoring program where it connected black law students mm -hmm. with um kids who are going through the juvenile system yeah. in Alameda County so nice. yeah does it still exist today um it only exists through me and my okay. idea to bring it back it was called stars um youth mentoring which stands for sticking together and reaching success oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> like so yeah I do want to revamp that because yeah. I think it was really good you know it it didn't end because it was a bad program it ended because it was right. self-funded and you know, it was going through. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's exactly. Hard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> exactly. Say less. Right. And, yep, yep. and going through, the, like, the law school, you know, the students, like, they have school and they have their lives. Yep. So it's kind of hard, you know, to create that balance. So I'm trying to bring it back in a different way. Yeah. 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 Have you heard of 
oh my gosh, like, don't blank on it right now. There's a nonprofit organization that I was uh, actually recommended to get connected with just in terms of wanting to do a little bit more social mm -hmm. justice work and some of the consulting work I've done. Um, babe, do you remember what it's called? Don't know, forgetting now. Uh, yes, yes, thank you. I was like, what is it? Boss? Boss, yeah. I've oh, never heard of it. Boss, so I building opportunities I'm gonna forget it right now of course because I'm like pregnancy <laughs> brain um, <laughs> but I am really interested in their programs right now because they've they've existed for over a decade I believe mm -hmm. probably longer but I know they're based in Oakland oh, okay. um, and they are focused more on the rehabilitation and reentry yeah. side so while not necessarily the side of like what happens when you're in the legal system it's like what happens when you're getting out and you're trying to get like reintroduced to yeah. the world and I know there's pockets and different organizations that do this work, but what I like about their organization is that right now they're actually trying to create um, this like large community wellness center that- Building opportunities for self-sufficiency. There you okay. go, building opportunities <laughs> for self-sufficiency. <laughs> um, but they're trying to create this like huge, I think they actually called it an empowerment and wellness center so that all the resources are kind of like in one place. So mm -hmm. rather than having to go, to this organization for legal help oh, okay. and this that organization to get like family resources and this one to try to get a job like they're trying to bring everything into one space and mm -hmm. then also have those conversations about what does your actual health and wellness look like along the way right um and i'm fascinated by this because i think we don't support folks coming out of the system nearly as well as we have the capability to in yeah. the u.s yeah not enough I believe the statistics are like 80 to 85 percent of people who are in prison are coming home at some point. Yeah. So it's like there's a lot of people who are going to need that kind of reentry. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely something that's important. It's like I told you before when I was doing the resentencing. You yeah. know, people who have been incarcerated for 40, 50 years and then mm -hmm. they get out and the world is like different. life is different now. <laughs> Seriously, like because one of the people who I re uh, got resentenced. Um, their job said like they were a disco teacher you know? <laughs> like that was their job prior to prior okay. to going to prison so I'm like oh, okay You're like we got to get you some uh, <laughs> options here right Think about so, these transferable skills right <laughs> like, so even just getting them acclimated to how life is these days you yeah, know for yeah. them and it's it's, it's different so I mean I would definitely look into that program I didn't know yeah. that that was here yeah but, I'm like I'm like I could I could feel now you're like talking about the mentorship piece and I'm like I don't know what they do specifically for the youth side or yeah. young adults um, that are also going through the system system involved youth whatever that looks like but uh, if they have a program I could see you just benefiting them so much so I'm gonna have to make those connections after <laughs> okay, well, when my pregnancy <laughs> brain is off and I'm thinking again if you know somebody but yeah yeah okay cool so I kind of want to jump a little bit still related but to the personal side mm -hmm. and like learn more about your own journey of healing and like kind of what led you into this work so I I'm curious now as a black woman as an attorney in Oakland in the Bay Area which is <laughs> it's a competitive competitive area right that we're talking about like this is not like oh it's the one lawyer of our city like right. there's people everywhere right you have to have a lot of confidence and like yes. strength within yourself to be fighting essentially to do this work and do it as an entrepreneur solopreneur right now mm -hmm. um, in the Bay Area so what does that confidence journey look like in terms of you know building yourself up because you already said like I was not put on this earth to work I <laughs> did not have that mindset immediately. I've been working, working, working and right. burning my butt out and burning out multiple times before I learned 
there's another way. Yeah. But I, I already get from you. I'm like, shoot, I wish I connected with Nicole <laughs> earlier because she knew something I didn't know. Right, <laughs> like, right. We have, we have options. Yeah. So I would say this journey came about um, as far as like being open up my own firm. Is that what you're asking? Um, specifically just, on know. the confidence side, like building oh. the confidence in yourself to make these choices, like hmm. opening your own firm, like living alone in the city, like these types I of things. I would have to say that that kind of foundation actually came from my family. Okay. So I have a really, really um great immediate family like my mom my dad my sisters they're very very supportive of me in anything mm -hmm. that i do you know so i've i feel like i've always been like that since i was younger mm -hmm. so i kind of carried that into my adult life to where i'm like you know what if it doesn't work then i can pivot and try something else so i've never i at a point you know of course i had a a problem with failure i'm like i don't want to fail mm -hmm. i don't want to you know that's why it took me actually so long to end up going to law school it was what maybe seven years between mm. undergrad and going to actual law school and it was not because i wasn't capable of going it was just like i don't want them to try to deny right. me and all of that but i will say that once i was just like you know what i actually said this to myself before i applied i said what have you ever tried that you failed you know what have you ever really tried to do that you failed at and i was like nothing <laughs> you know, <laughs> so and I don't know yeah. if that's a good thing. Like maybe you're not trying hard enough. But then I went and I applied to maybe four schools. I applied to four, uh, five. I got into three and a half and got denied from one. So okay. I, and then my first thing was, why didn't you do this a lot? Well, you could have been did this, yeah. you know. So, yeah. but I I feel like I've kind of carried that that confidence through everything that I've done. Like yes, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's definitely hard. It's not. I will never say that it is, it's been an easy journey, right. you know, just learning the law in and of itself. It's like learning a new language and right. having all of these other things going to play. Um, I will say post-law school, or well, actually even before that, some of my experiences are what led me to wanting to open up my own firm. Mm. Because despite the fact that I know certain things and I'm capable of doing certain things people still treat me a certain way and I didn't like yeah, that yeah yeah you know I was working at an office going in when I was in criminal working in the office with a lot of people and mm. then sometimes I would go to court and shadow and these same people that I was working with were referring to me as the defendant in court Oh, and I'm like, we work in the no. same office. Like, we work in the same office. We sat and had lunch together two days ago, but you don't remember me. And, mm, and these, that's disrespectful. Right. And these, unfortunately, are sometimes people who are defending people who look like me. Right. So hence the problem. Okay. It, exactly. So I felt like I was running into that in a lot of different stages. And I'm like, the only thing between not being a lawyer anymore. <laughs> and this is going to be opening my own firm. Yeah. Let's see how this goes. And on you were so own. passionate about the work, just not yes. the systems in place. A hundred percent. I've always been passionate okay. about the work. Never at any moment have I ever been like, I don't like this work. Yeah. Not even from criminal to civil. Anything that I've done, I've loved it. Yeah. So, yeah. Was your family involved in like social justice work or community yeah. activism growing I, up? Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. So where did it come from? The it came from somewhere. Yeah. So when I was. Um, 
my mom has always been like a, a big activist, my grandparents, all of that. So I just remember growing up in Richmond, you know, they have a mm -hmm. lot of refineries and stuff. Mm. And one of my youngest memories is when I used to be out there at the protests with signs, like little signs, what? like Chevron, stop, you're killing us, right? Wow. <laughs> Even the newspaper yep. and everything. Yep. So I guess that okay. is kind of yeah. like instilled in me to be like, yeah. all right, we have to, you know, kind of even out this system. So, yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I was at, I mean, a few different places, but anytime I've done social justice education, like my role was literally coordinator for social justice education, interim director for social justice office, and people are like, what is social justice? And I think there's this picture of it only being activism because of, I mean, just thinking about our own generation, like when we're thinking about our parents and grandparents, it's the literal fight on the line, right? right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so people are like, like, what are you doing? Because I don't necessarily consider myself an activist. Um, I have not been the person ever leading a protest. I've been involved in some, yeah. but I've never been the person on the forefront leading a protest, being mm -hmm. on the line. But I, I love talking to people about social justice work because there's so much that happens behind the scenes that people don't realize, right. including the law side. And one of the things that I've loved you sharing with me like as I get to know you more is this education piece I love learning too but I realized there's just so many gaps in my learning that I didn't learn in school mm -hmm. and also in our own communities and cultures right. we don't talk about it a lot right and I think the the legal system is one of those things like you learn the branches of the government you get a little <laughs> test on it U.S. American like yeah. history or whatever but how we actually live and operate according to the legal system like we don't even understand the bare minimum sometimes and it's designed, it's designed that way it's designed for you not to understand it because if people understood the laws the way that they are you would be yeah. richer <laughs> let's just start there you have yeah. a lot more money a lot more going yeah. on you know you know knowledge as they say is power and that's true mm -hmm. you know i I went to law school, and when I read some of these things, I'm like, what does this even say? So I can just imagine somebody who was like, you know? So it's designed that yeah, way. So that's why I want to kind of change that and yeah. say, okay, well, even if it's something that I can't teach, like personal injury, I can mm -hmm. teach you about that, you know? But if it's something more complex about contracts or something like that, you can bring it to me. Yeah. Maybe I can help read it and help you to understand it a little yeah. bit more, you know? That's my well, whole purpose. Try, you know, all we can do is try. But <laughs> right, seeing exactly. our community get more informed and be uplifted exactly. and empowered to make decisions for themselves. Exactly. Like to me, that's part of the work of social justice. It's not always about fighting the power necessarily, but a lot of times it's just about even knowing what power to fight. Even knowing what power to fight <laughs> and even knowing that there is somebody who will fight for you. You know, because mm, a lot of the times people are like, yeah. I don't feel like dealing with Get that. Hopeless. I don't want to do, I don't I don't have the time. You know, people have to work. I don't yeah. have the time for that. I'm like, that's what we're here for. Yeah. You know, go ahead and give us that. And so mm -hmm. I, I try to get that information out there more. Yeah, I like that. Okay, are you single? <laughs> it depends on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on who you ask. <laughs> She's like, well, when is this interview being released? Because, you know, well, I'll, I'll like to talk. You know, a few people leaned in to hear that answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am. said, yes, this is a video podcast as well. So if somebody's just listening, they're going to hop on YouTube now and be like, right. you know what? go check out this black woman lawyer hold right. on <laughs> no I am I you am. are mm -hmm. is that by choice or is that just you know this season 
Um, so it's by choice, and it is more so this season too because I am trying to build, you know, and it's it's harder to do when you are in a dating phase. Like maybe mm. if I was already with somebody and it's been a few years, but just try to go out and meet people and date yeah. and do that. I I don't like if I'm going out to meet people, it's to network, right? Exactly, now. and yes. that's what you can find me at a networking event. I will you be there. never know. <laughs> you never. That oh, is I'm, not an invite for people watching this to it, just come it, with an ulterior motive, all right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you like, coming with? Okay, don't yeah, waste my time yeah. now. <laughs> I'm I'm good. Okay. That makes sense though. Right. It makes sense. When I started the studio, I was definitely in that phase of like not interested in dating at mm -hmm. all whatsoever. Like, I don't got time for this. I'm as my therapist called it, she's like, You you're having a baby. Like the studio was my <laughs> yeah. baby, right? Like when you start a business, you're giving it so much time yeah. and attention. It's it's your baby for a while. Mm -hmm. So um I get it. Yeah. But you, you might be surprised because you never <laughs> you never know when they show up. <laughs> right? Hey, I'm still open for it. I'm just not looking no more. So, you know. Absolutely. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I have another random question. Have you ever felt broken? Um, yeah. Uh, you want me to go yeah, into in that? I do. If you're willing to, I want to hear it. <laughs> well, it goes back into what I was saying before about, you know, like that fear of failure. And I was mm. just like, oh, I don't want to fail. I went through a, like a deep time in my life where it was just like, you know what, this this is not what it, it was supposed to look like. You mm. know, I was, maybe I was around like 26, 27. And you know, people are kind of like, you're supposed to be married by 30, you're supposed to have a kids and a house. And I'm just like, oh, that's only a few years away. What am I doing wrong, you know? So during that time, mm. I kind of felt like that. expectations. Exactly, societal expectations, who are created by whom and for what reason. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you know, for me, like to this day, I'm just like, nope, forget that. You know, so I had to, yeah. I went through that and I'm glad that I did it that long ago. Cause you know, sometimes people, go through that for a very very long yeah. time and for that's me I'm thing. like that's at that point is what helped me to pivot to you know go to school and yeah. all of that and be where I am here today so I'm like yeah. I, I disregard all the, the the social norms and things yeah. like that and do what I, whatever I feel is best for me so yes I have been in a place where I have been broken but fortunately it was a long time ago because I was able to shift my mind and keep it there. Mm -hmm. I'm in such a positive space. Like I smile like 90% 90, 90 of the time I'm happy. Wow. So it's like, wow. yeah. That's huge. <laughs> That's an accomplishment right there. And it's, I love it. Like, especially yeah. like, I think, uh, you know, the phrase the soft life and how that mm -hmm. is becoming more and more popular. Like people say soft girl era, the soft life, all these things. But in reality, what that looks like to me is just having this strong peace of mind and sense of fulfillment with your day-to-day -day life. It's right. not about this big, I'm doing this huge thing and this huge thing, but like in your day-to-day, -day, when you wake up in the morning, like, are you pleased with yourself? Like, are you pleased with your life and, and the choices you're making? Oh, absolutely. So one phrase that Beyonce said in her song, <laughs> like my aspiration is to be happy. Yeah. And that's all I aspire to be. Like yeah, if yeah. it's something that's not making me happy and I, I have, the ability to change it or to move away from it, then mm -hmm. I will do that, you know. Um, so, yeah, when I wake up in the morning, I will like to make it to the gym if I can. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> Beautiful gym here. <laughs> <laughs> I like to have like a little routine and then go there and like meditate and look out on mm -hmm. the world and then just, you know, start my day. So if I ever feel like 
sometimes things can be overwhelming so I like to yeah. go hike like you can find me in nature and that just like resets mm. me I'll go sit by the water that's a reset you know yep. so yeah. integrating that and making that choice I think is foreign for a lot of people mm. um, I don't know what it was like growing up for you and like if that transformed over time or if it's always been this way but I definitely feel like I have this conversation with folks who are like I didn't even consider like doing that in the morning I didn't consider having that in my day because culturally they didn't see that growing mm -hmm. up they just thought work 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 take care of the family like done and it's yeah. like but how are you taking care of yourself um I will say <laughs> that I learned that later like later. my parents I mean my dad he he's an engineer by trade um yeah. he used to work for NASA and my mom she well he doesn't do that now he's in real estate he has his own real oh, estate cool. company <laughs> um and then my mom you know she uh, had her own business growing up so I saw like the entrepreneur yeah. side which is why it was probably okay. a little bit easier for me to see because that. I'm like I saw my parents mm -hmm. do it and now for me if I see them working for somebody else I'm like that looks weird <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm like, not used to that why are they going on who here? are you answering to no that's not right for you <laughs> yes. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's probably you know what helped me yeah. to be like okay I saw it work for them so mm -hmm. I know it can work for me too um but sometimes that's all we need is a little representation to be able to see it first and yeah like, oh I could do that too yeah yeah and they took those breaks too you know they would take vacations and leave us like deuces <laughs> <laughs> you know we went on some of them but they was traveling the world so right. I, I saw oh, those breaks wow. so I would say that that's they've powerful. been yeah they've been great examples my parents have been married for 45 yeah 45 years mm. now so Shoot, yeah. I need to get them on the podcast <laughs> like tell me all the secrets like you don't think you want what that, are the secrets to love <laughs> <laughs> secrets to last and like that i love that right yeah a long it. time yay okay so you know as we start bringing this to a close i always like coming up with like what the deepest things for you are and then like what you would give away in terms of that mentorship because you talked about having a mentor and how powerful that was for you in your journey um in law which this is a random question but if i say lawyer and attorney is that the same it thing? is the same thing it yeah. is i'm always like curious of that like am i being disrespectful and no, saying lawyer versus attorney so I guess my curiosity would be if you were to talk to Nicole when she was starting law school. Law school. Oh, okay. What would you tell her then? Now that you've been doing this <laughs> and do worked it, in the experience, like <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would tell her. Hold on. Look, <laughs> right. Like if you're gonna do this, you. It's going to be challenging, you know, it's very challenging, but you got this, you know, so I would tell her that and tell my future self that, you know, we're coming mm -hmm. for you. We're, we're holding it down at this point so we can make a, a better life here in the future too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. What do you want your legacy to be? My legacy, um, to make a positive change and a positive impact. And I don't need like a, everybody asks me, are you going to get a billboard? I have no desire to be on a billboard. <laughs> I don't have a desire to be known. I just want the work to be done. Yeah. You know, like as I worked before getting people resentenced and stuff mm. like that, you, you don't never even need to know that I was the one who did it or anything like that. Just as long as these people are able to get back to their families and things. Yeah. So just making a change, uh, a real positive change in the community. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Two more questions. Yes. What do you wish more people knew about the legal system? I don't know because I'm like what I know about it and it, it is what everybody knows is difficult. Yeah. Um, I would say this 
you can get involved more than you think you can. Hmm. You know, people are looking at these higher people in power, like the president and things like that, but you yeah. can get involved more so on a local level and then kind of work your way up too. Okay. So I think that when people, especially here in Oakland, you want to see changes, you have to actually do more than just look at your screen and say, this needs to mm -hmm. stop. You actually need to get out in the community, figure out who's making these local decisions and work to change that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> then the last piece would be, what advice would you give to young black girls out there who might be listening to your story now and this work that you're doing and be like, I want to do that. I want to be like her. What would you tell them? Well, my advice would be to definitely find a mentor um, because you're going to need it. And even if she doesn't necessarily look like you, because my mentors in the beginning of law school didn't look like me, mm -hmm. but they were still there to help me. They mm -hmm. wanted to see me succeed. So regardless, find somebody who you trust, who you can be yourself around, and they allow you to be you. Um, yeah, that would pretty much be my, my advice. And if you need any help from me, I can help, you know? I love that. I love that. <laughs> I'm here to help. You know, people are like, you know, a lot of times people say that and they don't really mean it, but I do. So it's like, I know how hard it is. And if I can alleviate that for somebody mm -hmm. else, make it a little bit easier for them, then I'm willing to do that. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. And, and really, y'all, there's a lot of people out there who will say it and not follow up with exactly. their words. But um I think even just in the moments of getting to know you and the more we spend time together, I'm like, your character shines in your behavior. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what you say is what you do. And, and just your spirit is so calming to people that I'm like, shoot, if I ever go through some legal issues, I'll be like, Nicole, right. <laughs> Nicole, come get me, talk to me. Um, but you really do have a way of naturally building trust with people. I well, love that's it. Good. I'm glad that I feel trustworthy. Yeah, you do. <laughs> okay, is there anything else you want to share that's on your heart today? Um, not that I can think of. Yeah. No. Yeah, but thank you for this. This of was course. amazing. I've never done this before. That's what I was, was just about to say. Fun. I was like, this was her first podcast. This was my first podcast, but I am a lawyer and a Leo. Yeah. A lawyer and a Leo, and we love to talk uh, well, about see, you ourselves. know, when I said where that confidence <laughs> come from, you could have just been like, Leo. Leo. Right, right. I guess that would have answered it right there. But yeah, so. I love it. But thank you for coming on. Thank you for having I'm me. I'm excited to keep learning, like, from your social media and mm. just the education work that you're doing right now about our legal system and our options and choices. But in this sense, you know, the podcast is really more about the journey to success and it's like beautiful to hear the pieces of your story and how important family right. um, examples really impact our life choices. Like, mm -hmm. I think that was a big piece I got from you today. Yeah. So thank you for sharing with <laughs> thank us. You. That's it, girl. So the last bit of this is please tell people where they can find you. Um, you can connect. find me on, I have Instagram uh, at attorney in Fuller. And then I also have a website, um, nnfullerlaw.com. Perfect. That's it, y'all. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Here to Uplift podcast. New episodes are airing every week with some bonus episodes in between too. So make sure you stay tuned by subscribing, following, liking, and engaging with us to let us know what topics you're most interested in and what might inspire you along this journey. We're going to keep working hard on our end because we are here to uplift not only ourselves, but our community too, and that includes you. So I can't wait for you to hear the next episode, but for now, do your thing, let's get it, and let's keep moving forward. Uplift yourself, friends. You got this.